Welcome fathers who are looking to inspire their kids and become fearless. This is the Become a Fearless Father show and I'm your host, Klaas van Oosterhout. I'm a father of two boys, husband and entrepreneur. This show is created to teach you how to take control and enjoy the most difficult job you've ever faced, fatherhood. I'm going to keep it real and share real life experience. A heads up, there is no magic pill. You will have to put in the hours, sweat and tears to achieve victory. Are you ready to improve your health, wealth, relationships, knowledge and become the hero your family needs you to be? I know you are. So get your pen and paper ready and let's become fearless fathers together. Okay, so welcome everybody to yet another live interview for Become a Fearless Father and um, it's going to be very, very exciting. I just finished watching a couple of videos of Jesse Cole and it got me fired up and, and ready. So already, I already learned stuff from him without even starting the live interview. So I'm very excited. And, and Jesse Cole, usually I start with um, giving the person a chance to introduce himself. We're going to do that a little bit later because what I saw in those videos uh, really impressed me. And I thought I must, must start off with this question. It seems that you have a very clear purpose in life and i miss that a lot with a lot of people so i want to start off with that uh, am i right what is your purpose and most importantly how did you find it yeah well thank you very much for having me on the show first of all i really appreciate it and i really hope that your viewers get some value out of our conversation today that's what it is it's not an interview it's a conversation and you guys just get to listen in so thank you very much for that um my purpose in life is to encourage and equip leaders to become the better versions of themselves, mm -hmm. right? Right. And so as a father, how do I do that as a father, as a husband, as a business person? How do I help other people do the same thing? Mm -hmm. And so um, that is my purpose in life. Real simple. I'm here to empower and encourage and equip others to become a better version of themselves. Love that. I love that. See, I, I knew, <laughs> but I just, from the first video I saw, I knew that you were going to give an answer that was clear and crisp. And as I mentioned, most people are just searching for that purpose, maybe their whole life or not even searching, just living their life. Right. <clears throat> Apologize. <laughs> I keep saying to people, I still got a sore throat. Um, can you explain a little bit? Um, how, how did this form? Was this just something that went from one day to the next, or have you been searching for this? How would a person go about finding their true purpose in life? That is the question for eternity right there. And so yes. for me, um, I just got tired of being like that rat in the wheel, going around and around, but never really achieving or getting fulfillment out of life. And so I just asked the person that created me, God, that's who I, that, that's who I serve. That is, that is, that is my, that's who I have a, a spiritual relationship with God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. And so I'm like, why am I here? I remember asking this question, like sometime where I got out of college, like, why am I here? Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, I played college basketball, did pretty good there, won some awards there, but mm -hmm. I wasn't really fulfilled. I got, had some good jobs and was successful there, but I wasn't really fulfilled. So how do I connect why I'm here to what I do? And he began to take me on this journey of my childhood. He, he began to say, look at everything that you've done up to this point. Look at the positions you held. Look at what you were doing. Where were you the most fulfilled when you were doing this certain thing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm most fulfilled when I am like encouraging and, 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 and teaching people. Like that's, I get the most fulfillment there. When I look at all the, the basketball teams I was a part of, I was the captain. I was, I was responsible for putting people in the positions to win, to get their best shot off, to, you know, to get the assist. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I was in leadership positions in school, whether it was student government or any other club, I was always thrust into the front. And I, and I was always putting people in positions to be successful. And so all this time, he was training me through these life experiences to be a facilitator of talent, to be a, help people facilitate and, and put them in positions to win. 
And so I began to see the, the thread of connectivity between all of my experiences. And it just, it just came to me like, you know what? This is where I'm most fulfilled. And whenever I rest in that spot, uh oh, that's so fun. <laughs> whenever, whenever I rest in that spot, I experience something that I didn't experience on the basketball court. And that is fulfillment and other people's lives are being transformed. So that's the long answer. But I just, I'm in, I'm in my sweet spot when I'm doing that. Nice. Yeah. Sweet spot. I like that. Yeah. And yeah, that's the question, right? Why am I here? And I like that you mentioned, you just kept asking that question. It wasn't something that just immediately came like, okay, why am I here? And boom. No, it was like repeatedly asking that question. Why am I here? And that formed your, you know, your purpose that you are following right now that you explained earlier. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you explaining that. Now, last question, and then I really want you to to go back a little bit to your origin story. But um, as I mentioned, a lot of people they're just I call them zombie dads or zombies in general. They're just going through life. There's no purpose. What have you felt seen for yourself now that you have a true purpose in life? That's a great question. Um, like really understanding my purpose and my assignment in life has helped me be a better father and a better husband, mm -hmm. right? And so before I had children, even before I was married, I had this idea of what kind of husband, what kind of father that I was going to be. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then once I got married and got, and we, we began to have children, we have two children now, um, I'm learning that the idea coming into this whole thing was totally, I call it flesh led. It was, totally out of my flesh, totally out of my own um, agenda versus the agenda of my purpose, right? And mm -hmm. so as I'm, as I'm learning how to encourage and equip leaders to become a better version of themselves, I'm doing that for my children as well. So my wife and I, we've established in our home that our home is going to be a place where our children are challenged, but they can thrive as well, mm -hmm. right? And so they're being taught but we also want to put them in position and expose them to things to be successful. Um, and, and that we are not to paint their canvas for them, but we're to, we're to give them the paintbrush and allow them to paint their own canvas. Mm -hmm. We're just providing them with the tools and then they have to, they have to live out their own experience. And so that's pretty much parallel to what I'm doing for business leaders as well. I'm not here to tell you what to do, I'm here to encourage you and equip you to be who you've been called to be. So mm -hmm. I'm doing the same, like you can see this same context, this same concept being duplicated throughout life. Mm -hmm. And that's when, that's when you know that there's consistency, not, not perfection. There's going to be times where, you know, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to have clarity. You're not going to get it right. Mm -hmm. But as long as you remain faithful to the process, not perfect, remain faithful to the process, you're going to begin to see the results that, um, that, that, that's supposed to happen. Exactly. Great. I really appreciate that. Um, thank you for sharing that. And, um, yep. Sorry for everybody else. I really wanted to know off the bat, who is Jesse? I really wanted to share this because I think sometimes it's really nice to come off really strong with an interview. And, and I knew you had a very powerful question. I think having a purpose in life really helps us to feel stronger in life and to, live um just yeah live bigger live more grandesque so to say uh, instead of just having life live you so thank you very much jesse for in um you know introducing yourself that way so now let's start off with a little bit of you know um who is jesse what's your background story and then we'll hop back into the interview <laughs> <laughs> so that's a big question so i'll I try to give you the abbreviated version so i'm the oldest of four yeah. children um, there are three boys and a girl. My, 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 my sister is the youngest. Uh, my father is a pastor. Um, mm -hmm. He's on sabbatical now. But he's, he's been pastoring for over 30 years. My mother is, all, is, is a teacher. And so um, aside from them being working in ministry, they also have ran businesses, right? So that's where the whole, mm -hmm. when, when, when you watch, well, I guess when you watch me, you see faith and business side mm -hmm. by side. Like there's no separation between the two. And that's because that's all I, that's pretty much all I know is faith and business. Mm -hmm. um, so we, you know, we moved around a lot around the United States. I live in five different states, 15 different houses, eight wow. different schools. We moved around a lot. And so when I was a kid, 
I used to get upset because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm moving to this new place, making friends, now I have to leave, right? And I used to be real bitter about that, but then as I began to get older, I saw the value in that. Even though that did happen, I saw the value in mm -hmm. being able to, of being exposed to many different environments because now I have the, the tools to be able to relate to mm -hmm. different kind of people, right? And, and, and in this line of work and this purpose that I do, I need to have that skill set. So being able to converse and relate and sympathize and empathize with different kind of people, that, that started back then. So mm -hmm. um, played basketball in high school, was fortunate enough to get a basketball scholarship Nice. Thank God for that, because I didn't have the, I didn't mm -hmm. have the best grades and I didn't have the best test scores. So that, that basketball scholarship really allowed me to go to that next level, played mm -hmm. four years, um, started four years and did pretty well there. Came back home, um, started coaching, working in my community, mentoring young people, um, doing stuff like that. And so that pretty much led me to where I am now. So all of that experience is pre I pretty much use that same experience in what I do now in my work. Mm -hmm. Nice. And you mentioned you got uh, two kids, correct? Yes. My five-year-old son, his name is Dean, and my daughter just turned three. Her name is Naya. Awesome. Thanks. Well, our kids are exactly the same age, five and three. <laughs> well, I got two boys. <laughs> um, so, great. I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, I got to get my head a little bit in order of, okay, where were we at and <laughs> what I want to talk about. Um, Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're really enjoying the show. Just want to make sure if you're liking this information, please subscribe and um, press the like button. And also go visit becomeafearlessfather.com. You get the opportunity to share your biggest challenge at the moment as a father. And it gives me the opportunity to try and help you overcome this. Thanks and enjoy the rest of the show. In regards to that, um, well, you mentioned a lot of things, and um, one of the things that I want to hop in right away is um, one of the things that I met, saw in the videos is you know, we, we have our challenges and we have to learn how to overcome our challenges. Before we start with the part of overcoming our challenges, I would like to know from you what is your philosophy on a challenge or on challenges in life. So my philosophy around challenges in life, that's a good question. Um, I believe that like challenges come to make us stronger. Mm. Like, like there's this there's scripture that says, you know, God doesn't put more on us than we can bear. Mm. Like we're, we're, we're never faced with something that we're not equipped to be able to handle, whether, with, whether, whether we already have the tools to do it or we have external resources to help us, you know, provide a solution for that challenge. And so those challenges make us stronger. They, be, they, they build character, they build hope, they build faith. And so typically when somebody um, is faced with a challenge, some, uh, one person may stop and try not to move forward because of that challenge. Mm -hmm. but, some but a person who understands that they have purpose and assignment on earth, they look at that challenge as an opportunity to grow, right? And so um, it, it, it took me a long time to get to that point, to, to see, challenges and roadblocks that way i haven't always had this mindset it's it's and i'm still growing i, I don't have it i'm nowhere i'm nowhere near where i where i desire to be but i mm -hmm. thank god i'm not where i was right mm -hmm. and so <clears throat> now i feel as if okay when something happens when a challenge happens i'm looking at it from an elevated perspective of my potential right and so i oftentimes it's like we're talking on the phone now we and i see you on a video that's how we see challenges but we have to learn how to rise above the moment Mm -hmm. like get up like get up get outside of our emotions and assess everything that's happening and see our challenge from an elevated perspective of our potential and then we begin to see the the various solutions that we have to be able to meet that challenge and overcome that challenge wow <laughs> i like the way you look at that and see i love the <clears throat> fact that it just comes back again to that purpose right because if you look, if you have that purpose and then you see challenges that way, it's just like, okay, yeah, but I have my purpose. So that challenge is just great to elevate me, as you said, towards just, you know, fulfilling my purpose, growing and doing more that, that helps me fulfill my purpose. I love it. Thanks for that. So um, you mentioned you elevate yourself, but could you give some, <clears throat> um, some tips in regards to somebody facing a challenge? What will be a practical way to approach a challenge and to overcome it? All right, great question. So I just, I just uh, released a book called Leave, uh, Leave With No Apologies. 
<clears throat> 21, 21 Ways to Boost Your Influence. And in that book, I talk about a, um, a story of a, a, a man and a woman. They're, they're married. They just had a baby. The mm. man is pretty much kind of like us. You know, he's, you know, purpose driven. Uh, he was out of town at the time doing some, doing a, on a business trip. And he was on his way back home and he called home and told his wife, hey, you know, I'm giving, giving her an update on, on his location. I'm at the airport. My flight leaves at this time. I'll be home around this time. And she said, okay, that's great. But we have an issue at home. And he says, what? You know, because they just had a baby. So they, he think there's something wrong with the baby. Mm. He said, his, she, his wife said, it's been raining here for two days straight. The whole city is flooded and our basement is underwater. Mm. Right? And so here he is. He's not there with his, with his family. He's hundreds of miles away. Haven't, hasn't even got on a plane yet. He's never been faced with this before. They mm. just moved into this house. He's never been faced with this before. And so he said, okay, send me pictures um, of what our basement looks like, right? He had th and at this, at this point in time, he's assessing the damage. Mm. So I believe that when we're faced with challenges, first we have to what? We have to assess the damage, right? We have to assess, okay, what's the reality? What's really going on right now? Because you really can't move forward until you face what's like what what what's in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so she she sends him those pictures, and and indeed the basement was flooded. It was over thirty thousand dollars worth of damage, um, in 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 that in that story. Mm -hmm. So he, he got the pictures and he began to think, okay, like what do I need to do? He, so he's sitting there in the airport researching, like how to you know get over flood. Like what do you do when your basement is flooded? So he began to gather resources. He's still assessing damage, okay? So for somebody like us who may be in a challenge, when, when we're assessing the damage, we're, we're, we're looking at what's in front of us, and then we begin to take note of our resources. What do I have available to me? Mm -hmm. What do I have available on the inside of me? What, is, what should I be thinking right now? Instead of looking at the challenge as a, a, a reason to stop, you look at it as, like I said before, an opportunity to rise above, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And so he assessed the damage, got the pictures, began to do research, and he began to send some information back to his wife, right? So right now, he has a decision. Either he can panic, he can send a, a text that, that, that exudes panic, or he can stay confident because he knows that if he, if he panics, his wife may panic, mm. right? And as leaders, we have to realize that our, the people that are following us, the people that are in partnership with us, they're depending on us to set the tone mm -hmm. when a challenge comes, right? So you assess the damage and then you don't panic because it's not the end of the world, right? And then the last thing he did was he dove in. When he got back home, he finally got back to his family and he, he stood on the steps of his, of his basement. He began to dig in. Okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to call this person. I got to call the insurance person. So he began to dig in to begin to create a solution. So for me, um, assessing the damage, not panicking, and diving in are three things that three practical things that we can do in any situation to begin to rise above a challenge and meet it. Exactly. So you, yeah, that's very practical, and and yeah, you can pretty much do that with any challenge every single time. Nice. I like that. Um, I've written it down, so I got that set for me. I keep forgetting. man, I keep forgetting Jesse to tell people to make sure they got a pen and paper. It's so common for me that I keep forgetting that you know we're not all alike, but it's very important to take notes, even if it's just a word or something that you remember. Yes, sir. That uh, I appreciate that. Now, real quick to hook on to you mentioned you written a book, um, and you you took an example from the book. What made you decide? I'm going to write a book. Well, I had to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's just part of the, the purpose progression. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's not my first one. I'm, I'm five books in. And so that's not my mm. first one. And so wow. I, was, I was working for a nonprofit at the time. Mm. And I was dealing with some, um, some unfortunate events. Well, maybe it was fortunate because it taught me some things with, with mm -hmm. the leadership there and with that whole experience. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a journaler. I like to write down what I'm feeling, mm -hmm. you know, what I'm thinking. And so that whole two or three years that I was working there, I was writing down, you know, what I was feeling, some lessons I was learning, 
Like if I get in leadership, if I ever had a chance to get in leadership, I wouldn't do this, but I would do this, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I had an opportunity, I got promoted and I had an opportunity to be a leader in that same environment. And so some of the same things that I was learning, I began to implement with my team. Mm-hmm. And I, start, I started to see some of those things were working. And, you know, I, I'm like, you know, this, this, this will make a great book for somebody else who, um, who may be in the same position or just wants to boost their influence, right? Because that's what leadership is. Leadership is all about one life influencing another, right? So how mm-hmm. do you do that at a maximum level? And so for me, Leading With No Apologies, came. the, the title of the book came from, for, I was working with a team, I was a part of a team, but then I was elevated to be a leader of that team. Mm-hmm. So now I'm no longer on this level with them. And I, and I had to make that adjustment in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I had to help them make that adjustment in their mind because once I got elevated to a new, to a new level of uh, leadership, I began to see people around me begin their, their perspectives and their attitudes began to shift and change around me. Yeah. But for me, I felt like I'm the same, I'm the same Jesse, nothing's changed. And the fact that I was, that I was elevated allows me, it gives me more access to be able to help now because I know what it feels like to be at this level. And now I'm sitting at a different table. So now I can be an advocate for us at this level, but everybody didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And so that whole lead with no apologies came from that. Like I found myself apologizing to people for being promoted. Mm. And I had to really change my mindset around that. So that's what the book come, called. That, that, that's where the title of the book came from. Lead with no apologies. You don't have to apologize for being elevated. You don't have to apologize for getting better. You don't have to apologize for being put in a position to influence people. Mm. Just do it. That, that doesn't mean that you're better than them. It just means that you've been given an opportunity to help them become the better versions of themselves. Exactly. Yes. I like it. Sounds like a really good book to read and put on my list real quick. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, um, I also written this down because I also saw that coming out a lot in your videos. Um, <clears throat> apologies. Uh, you put business and faith, like those are the two pillars for you that are important and they, they go inside. Um, can you explain a little bit um, what does that mean and how is that best expressed by, uh, by a leader? Yeah, good question. So faith in my, I believe that faith and business are not separate. They mm. go hand in hand. That doesn't mean that you're preaching to people at your job every day. That doesn't mean you have to go around, you know, being a Bible thumper. It mm. just means that you believe in God and you believe in the principles of God and you apply that to your business. You know, one thing that, that kind of um, threw me off when I first started Kingdom Mogul Coaching was that I was trying to apply traditional business practices to a kingdom business. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff worked, but a lot of it, dif- lot, a lot of it different, uh, didn't. And I was frustrated, man. I was like, why is it that I know that I've been called to do this? Mm-hmm. I know that I've been called to help people, but not just help people, support my family and build a legacy and you know generate income from different ways but i'm having such an issue do i i know i have the tools i know i have um the influence i like i know that god put me here to do this but it's not happening and it was because i was i was playing by a code that wasn't meant for me i felt like i was in this line at a at a at a at a purpose atm right or a business atm and the person in front of me was putting in their code. Boop, 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 boop. Access granted. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. Access granted. But when I stepped up and did the same code, boop, 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 boop. access denied. Yeah. So I'm like, why is it that they're putting in this code and it's working for them, but I'm putting in the same code and it's not working for me? Mm-hmm. And God began to show me that I have a different code. I have a different code for you. I have a kingdom code for you that's not going to work for anybody else but you. Mm-hmm. Right? And so part of what we do is we help business leaders grow their faith as they're growing their business, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you do business in partnership with God? That's pretty much what the faith and business mm-hmm. um, mantra is. How do you do business in partnership with God? How do you bring God into your business? How do you bring God into the boardroom? How do you bring God to your workplace every day? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be different for, for different people. But our job is to help business leaders find their own kingdom code like what does that mean for you exactly 
I like that. Thanks for explaining that. I appreciate it. Um, one of the other things that I, I noticed that you're very big on, um, and I, I saw that in one of your speeches, are habits, right? Um, so what's, what's your, you know, for somebody that is like, yeah, yeah, again, the habits. <laughs> um, what is your view on habits and why, um, why should one, you know, make sure that they implement the right habits and keep focusing on their habits? What's the power behind it? Yeah. So there, there, there are two, I don't want to say philosophies, but thoughts around this, the habits thing, right? And so sometimes we can commit to habits that don't work anymore. So we have to always be evolving. We have to always be in sync with, with for me, for like where, where God is right now in my life. Mm. <clears throat> so we we commit we commit to things that don't support the person that we're becoming it may have been the person that your 15 year old self is not the same as your 35 year old self so you're doing things that you were doing at 15 and you're 35 and you feel like i'm frustrated because your habits are not supporting who you're trying to become so for me our our habits like are really the the complement or the driver to our purpose mm. like what you think drive what you believe drives what you think and what you think drives what you say and mm. what you say drives what you do right mm. and so but but it all starts up here so like like what do you believe what do you believe about yourself what do you believe about your family mm. what do you believe about your business right and so understanding that our habits drive our, our behaviors and so for me um my one of my habits is getting up at six o'clock in the morning coming mm -hmm. down to my office and spending time in meditation mm -hmm. like i i i ask i ask god okay like what is your best for me today mm -hmm. like what do you want like what do you what do you want to do in my life today and that really helps me to submit my own agenda to his mm -hmm. because he is my creator he, he is my manufacturer he knows me better than I know myself. So yes. I want to know, like, what is your best for me today? Because I know your best for me is better than my best for me. So show me, like, what your best is. And when, I, when he begins to speak, I begin to write it in my journal. And that, that begins to be my, my part of my daily um, task or my daily mm -hmm. habit throughout the day. I, I got to do this, do this, I do this, and I do this. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, sometimes a little bit later, but between 6 and 7 in the morning depending on what I did the night before. And I come to my office and I sit on my couch and I ask him like, what is your best for me? Who do you want to be for me? Who do you want to be to me? Mm. And, I, and that's how I start my day off. And then pretty much my day is set because I spend time with him. I don't have to, I don't have to create or plan throughout my day because he's already given me my plan for the day. I just have to demonstrate it. I have to execute the plan mm. he gave me in the morning, right? And so like, that drives my whole day. Just that 30 minutes with him drives the rest of my day. Mm. Nice. Um, you, I, I really enjoy the fact you keep tying everything together. It seems like everything is just tied up with your purpose, with your faith. Um, and you mentioned earlier as well, your kingdom code. If you are teaching uh, business leaders, uh, you know, how, how to bring faith into their business and, and, and instruct that, you mentioned like everybody has their own kingdom code, right? What is it then everybody has different habits or are, is there like a base of habits that one should have to be successful? And if so, what are they? Yeah. So I believe if, if I was in a room of a million business leaders, if I had a chance to speak on a stage and you had a million, a billion, a trillion business, business leaders in that audience, this is the mm. one thing that I would say. No matter who you are, no matter what business you own, if, ever, if all of us do this one thing, one thing, then you be, you'll begin to see transformation in your business. Mm. And that is take every day to spend 30 minutes with God, mm. right? Spend some time with God every single day because it's easy to lean on your own understanding. It's easy to look at the traditional business practices and try to apply it to your business 
That's mm -hmm. easy. I can go to Google and learn how to do that. I can mm -hmm. go to all the search engines and go to conferences and do webinars and learn all of the tricks of the trade. But one thing that we all must do, and I'm talking to kingdom business leaders or anybody who wants to know how to be one, mm -hmm. you have to spend time with him because he will begin to then give you your own kingdom code. It's, it, it's not going to come in one visit. It's not going to come in two visits. We talk, we're talking about a habit. So this is something that we do consistently over time. Long obedience in the same direction. That's what a habit is. Mm -hmm. Long obedience in the same direction. Spending time with him, he will begin to unfold his best for you and your business and your family because it all ties together. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. If you want to establish a habit, that's the first thing that you should do is ask God, okay, what is my best? What is your best for me? Who do you want to be for me? What do you want to be for me? And he will begin to unravel, unfold his plan for you on a daily basis. And then you don't have to worry about trying to lean on your own understanding. That doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. It's going to be trying times. Mm -hmm. It's going to be challenges. There's going to be times where you just don't know what to do, right? I'm, I'm not saying it's this, this is an easy cakewalk, right? But we're talking about grace over grind. Mm -hmm. right? we, we live in a grind and hustle culture where Mm -hmm. If you don't do this, if you don't do this all the time, you're not successful. But when you look up the word, the definition of grind, it's like tedious, tumultuous, uh, inconsistent. It's like, I don't want to live that kind of, I don't want to live that kind of life, mm -hmm. right? But grace, God's grace says, I have a plan for you. It's already been established. Let me love on you and show you what it is. Even in the hard times, I'm going to be with you because my grace is sufficient. My grace fills in the gaps where you don't get it right right grace is this when you walk into a boardroom and you know that you don't have the the um education to be sitting at that table but because you have god's grace on you you have influence in that room mm -hmm. because great grace covers up grace covers up our, our 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 inconsistencies it covers up the things that other people could see to try to qualify us or disqualify us mm -hmm. grace covers that up right it fills in the gap where we where we're missing it and so I don't know about you, but I'd rather have grace over grind any day. Mm -hmm. And so I know I got off on a tangent, That's but okay. if I was on the stage and I was talking to business leaders, mm -hmm. or if I'm one-on-one, -on -one, I would say establish the habit of taking time out of your day, preferably the morning, before you get your day started, before you pick up your phone and read emails and text messages, spend some time with God in meditation and let him talk to you. Because we're always talking. Let mm -hmm. him talk to you and give you his plan. And I guarantee you that when you are beating to his plan, you don't have to grind. Exactly. So, yeah, no apologies ever necessary for just rants because I love him. Because <laughs> that's when passion comes out. That's when just everything comes out and, and we get most value. So I actually really appreciate you just went on that. A nice little rant there, and it was absolutely perfect. Um, so, I, I again, I noticed a big thread in there. So, it, how does that tie into fatherhood? And what is your vision? And because I also heard in in that video, you're you're very big on vision. What's your vision for um, your uh, son and daughter? I don't really have a vision for my son and daughter. Okay. My job is my job is just to create an environment where they can thrive, right? Mm. And so, one, like one one, in my, my mine and my wife, her name is Shalina. We've been married for twelve years this year. I'm, I got to make sure I say that because I can't do I couldn't do it without her. So she mm. she's she's really my help me, <clears throat> and some other things too. So we that, that we can't talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our our job is just to create an environment where they can thrive. Like I said before, where. Mm -hmm. We're, we're not supposed to paint their canvas. That's, that's not our job. Our responsibility is to equip them with the tools to paint their own canvas and do that in partnership with God, right? And so um, my relationship with God, I try to make my fatherhood um, um, just like God loves on me, right? And so patient, kind, uh, forgiving, mm. equipping, gracious like i try my try i try my best to be a reflection of who god is to me to my children mm -hmm. 
and it, and it wasn't until I did that that I guess fatherhood became more meaningful to me mm-hmm. because in the beginning it felt like a task, right? I remember I remember when uh, my my son was first born, he wasn't even out of the womb five minutes, and I felt like I'm equipping this this young man to be significant in the world. Like I'm I felt like I in that moment I was raising him to get out of the house to be a, a, a valuable citizen. Mm-hmm. Now, when my daughter was born, I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, so my son was born. I knew what I was supposed to do. My daughter was born, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with her. Um, but even in that, like, God is showing me how to love my wife better as I'm loving my daughter. Because, he, like, she, she is the little girl inside of my wife. So pretty much what, how I love her is how I need to love, like, love my wife. How I'm patient with her the same with my wife. So I'm learning. Um, I'm learning how to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better and better every day. So again, my job, I don't have a vision for them. My, my vision is whatever God's vision is for them and to equip them to be able to be the better version of themselves, whatever that is. My son likes to play the drums. He likes to draw. He likes to write. My daughter likes to dance. You know, they're, they're going through their discovery phase. Mm-hmm. Our job is just to put the, put the right tools around them, to, you know, to help, to help shape that for them, not to direct them, I know I played college basketball. He, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do what I do because I want him to be the better version of himself. If he wants to, then okay, great. Let's do this thing together, son. I'm, I've already planted to see. You, you don't got to work for it. You got to just live in it now. But if he wants to go a different route, then my job is just to equip him to do that in the same way with my daughter. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, the, um, that's a difficult thing, right? Because you've been so passionate with basketball and it's difficult to step back and then let your child discover their own passion because I've noticed a lot, especially here in Spain, for example, soccer is just huge and so many dads, every time they go everywhere, it's the ball with them and the kid has to send the kids like, I don't want to kick this ball. I'm going to play with my friends. And it's like, it's, it's, it's hard for a dad, or I can understand why it's so struggling for you that you have such a passion. You just want that, to share that with your child, right? <clears throat> so I really appreciate it because that was one of my next questions. It's like, okay, can you give some examples of, you know, because you say you, you, want, to, you want to give them tools to find their own passion, to, to paint their own canvas, as you say. And I was wondering, you know, what are some of the tools that you implement so they can discover and, you know, start painting their own canvas instead of you holding the brush with them, for example, right? Yeah. And so for my son, we're, he's five, so we're teaching him about um, responsibility now. Like, like mm-hmm. what, is re, what does responsibility look like? Simple things like cleaning your room. They, mm-hmm. you know, they, they love to run around the house, like not leaving toys around the house. Like, so responsibility and order, which is hard because, you, you know, you don't want to be like, you know, the, the ball and chain dad, like do this and do that. And, but you also don't want your house to be messy all the time. So you're teaching them how to, like, everything has its place. And so what we did for our son, we, we created something called, his name is Dean. So we created the Dean's List. Mm-hmm. So every, every day, this is, this is what you need to do every single day. You know, when you get up, brush your teeth, wash your face, make your bed, eat your breakfast, put your clothes on for school, um, put your backpack on, you know, do well in school. When you come home, make sure you do your homework, practice your drums, put your pajamas on, brush your teeth, go to bed. Like that's, that's his day. And so we're, we're, we're teaching him how to be consistent with that every single day. Now, some days he's not. And we have to remind him, but mm. he's five, but he's five years old. He's not a teenager yet. He's five years old. So we're just instilling the importance of taking care of your responsibility and order. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the same thing with our daughter too. We're helping her understand, okay, now when you see your brother cleaning up, you need to help him, you know, partnership, assisting and things like that. So those are just some practical things we're doing with our children right now. Exactly. So you're building a structure for him. Yeah. You. I like that. Right. And so you can use those skills in anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so right now it's all about character building and teaching them responsibility. Mm-hmm. So no matter what profession or business you decide to go into, 
you have to have good character. You have to have integrity. You got to be honest. Like that, that's what we're teaching. Honesty, integrity, having character, making sure that you are taking care of your responsibilities. You got to make sure that if you, if you decide to work with somebody else, you got to show up on time, right? If, 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 if you decide to be in partnership with somebody else, you got to have integrity. You got to make sure that you're f- fulfilling your part of the bargain, right? Partnership. Mm-hmm. So these, these little things that we're teaching them to build character. That's it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, which means at the same time that you have very clear values, family values that you then um, teach to to your kids. Yeah. And again, it's not always perfect. We don't always get it right, but we're faithful to the process. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. Um, you mentioned just, you know, you had your boy in your hands, you felt confident. You're like, okay, I got this. Then you had your girl in your hand. You're like, ooh, now what? Right? <laughs> Um, I, I, I have a couple of fathers that I speak with and, and I can't, um, you know, I can't relate because I just got two boys and I'm just trying to raise them in a way that they need to learn how to respect women and how to treat them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, especially with what we hear right in the news and everything. It's just, um, here in Spain, it's very, very big topic. Um, domestic violence, um, just the way men treat their women. Um, but I would like to ask you on the other side, what are you doing to make sure that your daughter becomes a strong individual, a strong female in this world where, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, she, she's going to be confident enough to pick the right man and to make sure that, you know, what's what's your thought about that are you thinking about i know it's only three years she's only three years old but i spoke no no it's a good question it's it's a great place to start and so Mm. i guess as you were talking to like two thoughts came to my mind one of them was our like our children see their parents as their first mentors Mm. right we like we learn how to shape how they see the world their conscious and their subconscious right and so how my daughter sees me treat her mother mm-hmm. is like a big predictor of how she's going to allow somebody to treat her. Yeah. And so one thing that I'm, that I'm, I'm blessed that, you know, my wife and I, we don't do a whole lot of arguing mm. at all, like in front or behind our kids back. Like we just, that's just not something that we, we like to do. Like we, we're both pretty much laid back people. Okay. Like what's going on? Let's, let's just, let's just take care of this. So it doesn't linger. Mm-hmm. It, it took it, it took a minute for us to get to that point, and so but but we're there, and so I'm conscious of how I treat my wife in front of my children, what I say to my wife in front of my children, how I touch my wife in front of my children. So I hug her, mm-hmm. I kiss her, and I and I and and I and I make sure that my children, especially my daughter, sees like what loving touches look like, what loving language sounds like. Mm. what like what what that feels like and so you know they're three and five so they're they're learning how to uh, they're learning about their emotions right now so sometimes they have temper tantrums or some my son is getting to a place to where he's like really trying to express himself so he talks talks loud and it sounds like he's yelling at you but really he's wanting to get his voice heard Mm. and so um when when my when my daughter is going through a temper tantrum she kind of puts her head down and like does a little pouty face <laughs> and so I so I remind her, I'm like, okay, Naya, I need to see my princess. Don't put your head down. Hold your head up. Right? Mm-hmm. And so what I'm teaching her is that when somebody says no to her in life or when challenges come, you can still hold your head up. You can still be strong. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Hold your head up. Don't pout. Just, you know, be like, you can be strong. Like, that's what strength is to me. Strength is not rah, rah. It's like, you know what? No matter what's going on, I can still hold my head up high and keep pressing on so like that's what i'm showing her so mm-hmm. aside from treating her you know making sure that they see me loving on their mother it's just instilling in them like um we have we have a lot of we have several affirmations that we've taught our children mm-hmm. over time right and so um we teach them the king and the queen's creed right and so this is for them mm-hmm. and so with our son we say i am a king I add value to the world. I have self-control, self-respect, integrity. I am the master of the choices that I make. I will not blame others for mistakes. I'm responsible for my future and I embrace my destiny. I am a king. 
I love God. I love people. I am a king, right? And so for my daughter, we replaced king with queen. Mm-hmm. And so now that's something that we've ingrained in them. Now, right now, for them, they're just reciting it. Mm-hmm. But as they get older, it's going, to be, it's going to take on its own meaning to them. That no matter what happens in life, they know who they are. And there's a reason why we say king and queen, because in our culture, especially African-American culture, traditionally, we've been told that we're nothing, mm-hmm. that, 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 that we're less than a person. And so we have to continually empower our children and remind them that you are, that you are a human being mm-hmm. and that you are royalty. And not only that, that God says that we are a royal priesthood. And because we are connected to the king, that means we're connected to royalty. So there's, there's a spiritual implication and there's a cultural imp- implication in that king's and queen's creed. So if I were to die today, first of all, I'd be mad if I did because I'm not done with my kids yet. I, I feel like i got to teach them more. <laughs> but if I, but, but if I were to die today, the one thing that I'd be most proud of is that they understand who they are. Mm-hmm. And that can take them many places. Mm-hmm. That they know the king's and king's creed. And that what it means to them at five years old is going to mean something different at 15, some different at 25, some different at 35. But they have a foundation that they can build off of and begin to paint their own canvas with that tool. Wow. You almost got me speechless. <laughs> That's really powerful. I love it. Kids affirmation, you say in the King and Queen's Creed, I just got to know, um, how do you like before they go to bed, uh, you all recite this then or, or yeah. up, how, does, how does that work? So when they were, when they were babies, when I would give them baths, mm-hmm. you know, I would give them a bath and then I would put them in my lap with the big towel and dry them off. Mm-hmm. And as I'm, dry, as I'm drying them off, I would say the kings and the, creed, king, the, kings and the queen's creed to them. Mm-hmm. And over time, they began to say it with me. Nice. So I, 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 I didn't even have to say, okay, say it with me. It's just over time, they heard me say it so much and they, and they heard me speak it into them so much mm-hmm. that they began to catch it and they began to say it themselves. And so now I don't, we don't do it as much, but when we do it, it's, they, they snap right back into it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I written it down. I actually put a little line underneath it to, to <laughs> discuss this with my wife as soon as she's home because that is very, very powerful. And, and you, yeah, you build, like you mentioned, like a nice, strong foundation for your kids with confidence. And at the same time, you mentioned, you know, you love God, you love people. So that, yeah, you, you're trying to instill power in them to, to be good people, right? I, Absolutely. Really, really nice. I really like that. And it sounds like what you're trying to do here as well is to raise young, strong leaders from the beginning, right? Yeah, that's powerful. I have that as a vision. I'm still struggling how to form this, but this will definitely help. Thank you, Jesse, very much. I really appreciate that. So next question. 12 years of marriage. Dude. Why'd you say it like that, man? Because I apologize if it sounded weird. I'm going on eight. Okay. And I, I just around me, it's like eight already. It's like huh? eight years. How would you do that? Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. so I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I say it like that. I'm just like, you know, more and more. I love it because the people that I interview for some reason, and I love that. And maybe it's just a connection for some reason that I don't even think about. They're, they're married for a long time, right? I, I saw you uh, have Aaron uh, as a friend, for example. He's married, I think now 35, going on 40 years. It's just fantastic, man. But you hear it less and less. For people that are struggling right now in their marriage, because um, it's not all all day roses and rainbows, right? You, we Absolutely. have to do it together. <clears throat> what would be some of your advice on growing together and just going to that 12 years and just have a long-term vision or, or, you know, I I go for the long-term vision or it's just, for me, it's just like, this is going to be until one of us is going to die and (laughs) that's it. And hopefully that's going to be in, in 50 or a hundred years, whatever it's going to be. But 
what what would be your advice yeah so 12 years is not a long time for me my, mm. we like we, we just celebrated my parents 40th you know last year so i'm like i'm trying to get i'm trying to get there right yes. and so even though we're 12 years in i still feel like a newbie um and i you know i want to always feel that way i don't want to feel like i got it i want to feel like i always have room to grow mm-hmm. um and i and i tell you why because one of the one of the biggest fears i had before getting married is that as we as we were as we would grow our interest would change and we would grow apart like that was mm-hmm. one of my biggest fears right yep. and so um it, it wasn't it didn't mean that i wouldn't love her anymore it just means that we're growing as people and we're growing apart and so one of the things that i try to do um is like include her in everything that i'm doing so she knows she knows what's up she knows what my heart is she knows what the mission or the vision is for this specific project this specific event whatever. I want to make sure that she feels like she's a part of my life. Cause that was one of my biggest things. Like, I don't, I don't want to grow apart. Like I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen where people, the, the couple, they struggle together, but then something happens where one of them got successful. And then when you get to a new level of success, it opens you up to a different, different group. And, and it, it requires a different kind of energy and the spouse and the spouse wasn't brought along or the spouse wasn't, part of that growth process and so they grew apart i didn't want i don't want that to happen and so I, I guess my advice or tip would be just make sure that you guys are in partnership that you're doing it together because it's real easy to look on the other side of the bed in contempt mm-hmm. you know you you guys are you guys are living together but you're still two separate people with two different interests you have separate lives but you have a life together mm-hmm. and so make sure that your life's your separate life does not overshadow your life together like find find ways to merge the two and so one thing that i've done is that when i for my local clients if i have a local client that i'm helping my wife is for my wife is a professional photographer she's mm. um, michigan she's michigan's lifetime lifestyle photographer does mm. weddings and events and things like that and so she's really great at what she does she does all my branding photos and stuff so whenever i have a local client i make sure that i build in to that coaching program a mini photo shoot mm. because because I want I want her to feel like she's a part of what I'm doing, and I need my clients to see that this is a partnership, especially when it comes to my women clients. I want them to see us working together. Mm. That like there's nothing that can break that piece, right? And so I try to include her in everything I do, not just saying, "Hey, baby, you need to be a part of what I do," but allowing her to work in her gifting and her purpose to support what we're doing over here. So like, that's just one practical way that I uh, make sure that um, I stay connected to my wife. Wow. Outside of just respect, try, you know, respecting her every day, you know, Mm -hmm. loving and respecting her and, you know, giving her affection when I can remember to, (laughs) like like outside outside of sex. I'm just saying like hugs and kisses and Mm -hmm. words of affirmation and making her feel secure and stuff like that. Um, That doesn't, that doesn't always come easy when I'm, when my mind is popping like that. So, Slow it, slowing down and making sure that I'm attending to her needs, but also including her in what I'm doing as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because um, like a year, two years ago, I started really on this self-growth journey. And that was one of my biggest fears as well. Just being afraid of me growing so fast and she didn't want to be a part of that, which of course she doesn't have to. Like you mentioned, she is her own person and she has her own growth to go through. And I was afraid, like, ooh, maybe we're going to grow apart. And uh, that's exactly what we did. We communicated a lot and we shared with each other what we did. And we tried to include each other where the other person wanted to be included in. So, yeah, that's, that's an amazing, powerful uh, advice that you shared with us. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I started to laugh. My kids are going, no. <laughs> it's fine. I, I love I it. Hear that, I but... love it. I, I, I love it. Listen, <laughs> when, I'm down, when I'm downstairs in my basement and I hear my kids, on the floor i used to get upset like i'm trying to work but now it's like you know what if i hear them moving at least i know they're alive yeah true (laughs) (laughs) that's very true well one one just came in while you were talking and apparently the youngest one bit the oldest one in the arm (laughs) kung fu panda is not working (laughs) just so everybody knows man i'm 
I'm just grateful for everything you share. Let, let's start off with the last question. I, I ask this a lot, and I hope people don't find me repetitive in this, but I find it very, very important. Reading, learning, continuing to grow. So books, besides reading your book, Lead With No Apologies, which everybody that's been watching this should absolutely get. What are some other, maybe two or three books that you could definitely recommend in yeah. somebody's life to grow? Yeah. So this is where, where I am in life and business right now. I'm making sure that I'm engulfed in things that speak to that. Mm. Right. <clears throat> and so um, un, the, our unfair advantage by Dr. Jim Harris, it talks about how to do business with with God. Mm -hmm. Right? That's pretty much what it is. Our unfair advantage. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, lead us in our business. Then there's another book by Shea Bynes, S-H-A-E-B-Y-N-E-S, called Grace Over Grind. Mm -hmm. and, that's where, and that's where the whole mentality of I don't have to hustle for what's already mine. I don't have to grind for what's already been provided for me. I just have to make sure that I spend time with God and allow him to direct my path. And sometimes that may look like um, just sitting and resting in him for a, a, a week. Okay, God, like, what are you saying? Like, like, what is, what, like, what does it look like to do business in partnership with God? So that whole Grace Over Grind book really helped me out as well. So mm -hmm. those are two books that over the last two years have transformed my thinking, transformed the way that I coach. Mm -hmm. and transform the way that I do business. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, I was grinding and hustling. Again, traditional business practices say you need to do that. You need to stay mm -hmm. up for 20 hours a day. You need to burn the candle at both ends and stuff like that. And now there may be times when you have to do that. Mm -hmm. But that should not be your culture. That should not be your framework for business. If that's what Holy Spirit is telling you to do, then that's the work you need to do because that's that may be God's best for you at that moment. But mm -hmm. that should not be a habit. You shouldn't just subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. So understanding the difference between um, traditional marketplace practices and kingdom marketplace practices. So those two books are really helping me to stay focused on that. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, again, Jesse, thank you very much for taking the time to yeah. do this live interview. We already finished an hour. Uh, time flies when people just keep on throwing golden nuggets all over the place. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, last thing for um, fathers out there that are watching right now, watching the recording, um, if they have any other questions or if they want to follow you, if they want to buy the book, for example, how can they stay in contact with you? Um, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. So since we're on Facebook, and I know that you already linked me to this to this uh, podcast, mm -hmm. just connect with me on Facebook. And you know, if if you send me a friend request, make sure you send me a, a, a inbox message. Let me know that you saw me on here, um, mm -hmm. and then I so, so that I know who you are. That you you know that you're not a crazy person, <laughs> and I can make sure that I put you on my friends list. And anybody who's watching this, you know, you know, right now, and if you do that, I'll make sure I send you a free gift via email. And so. Mm -hmm. um, I, I send you a PDF or of, of the book or something, you know, we, we can talk about it, but I want to make sure that anybody who is connected to you, that when they connect to me, that I add them even more value that I'm doing now. And so um, connect with me on Facebook, or you can send an email to me at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at kingdommogulcoaching.com kingdommogulcoaching.com. So those are the easiest ways to get in contact with me. Excellent. I appreciate that. And for people that just watched the replay, you know that the links are right below all the videos as always. And Jesse, again, thank you very much for taking the time to be on and for sharing so openly um, your views, your insight and your experience. It's, for me, it's been very educational. I appreciate it. Um, everybody else has been watching this. Thanks for staying on for an hour. I know it's long, but you know, if you get so much value, why not? Right? <laughs> so, um, again, thank you everybody. And we will see each other very soon on our next live interview show. Take care. Are you still meeting up with your friends now that you're a father? Kids making you stress out. You got no time for yourself to work out, read, relax. Can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends, feeling energetic, 
happy and confident spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams you're feeling alone now don't you no one to share your challenges with and you're just running around from one storm into the next well it's time to change this now join me and the brotherhood of fearless fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges face your fears with determination be held accountable and regain control of your life if you want to become the hero your family needs you to be then go to becomeafearlessfather.com brotherhood looking forward to seeing you on one of our next calls